Truth Espresso, episode 107. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. <sighs> this is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hey there, Truth Espresso listeners. Thank you for checking in to this episode. This is your host, Daniel Minnick, and I am joined by my sweet, beautiful wife, Chelsea, for another episode in our series talking about marriage. And this is going to be a really great episode because we're going to talk about one of the most important issues when it comes to maintaining a healthy marriage. It is one of those things that is often overlooked or neglected, but we believe that this one particular issue is foundational to maintaining and keeping a healthy marriage. And that issue is the issue of communication. You might think it's a pretty simple subject. You might think that it might not be as significant as it really is, but we're going to find out just how significant communication is to a healthy marriage. And here to talk with me and communicate with me about the importance of communication in marriage is my wife, Chelsea. So, Chelsea, welcome back to Truth Espresso. Thank you for having me again. Oh, it's always great when you get to join in and talk with me, sweetheart. And especially when we're going to talk about talking. We're going to talk about communication. So when married couples talk about problems with marriage, or when you think about what is the most common problem with marriage, or what is the most common reason that some marriages end in divorce? What are some ideas do you think of, sweetheart, about like what are some examples that people might give for why their marriage just doesn't work? Yes, I think I've heard people say like their marriage is not working because they're not compatible, or mm-hmm. maybe there's unfaithfulness oh, yes. involved. Sometimes there's just so much conflict that they feel like there's no real purpose to continue the marriage. Yeah, and definitely uh, some good examples there. Another one that is commonly brought up are financial difficulties or disagreements with finances. Now, all of those are very significant contributors to a lot of marriages, but those are kind of specifics, and I think they might often all fall under the umbrella of the issue of communication. In fact, there was a study done, and this is from divorce.laws.com, in an article entitled, Number One Reason for Divorce. And so, a study was done about the causes of divorce in the United States, and according to the study presented on divorce.laws.com, the number one reason for divorce, because just over two-thirds of marriages that that ended in divorce ended because of problems in communication. Mm, wow, yeah. <laughs> and so, yes, definitely we see the evidence there that communication is an important part of marriage because we talked in the last episode about the two becoming one flesh, and I would think communication (laughs) holds the two together. You don't have one flesh. You don't have husband and wife together if they're not talking together, if they're not sharing, as I said, their secrets, their goals. For husband and wife to be best friends, as I've repeatedly advised here, that your spouse should be both your best friend and your lover. But how are you going to do that if there isn't 
communication. Otherwise, you're just two people living in the same house. And when a couple doesn't practice good communication habits with each other, aren't talking things out, and living two separate lives, basically, that is a recipe for disaster. One of the reasons that people will have a best friend, a confidant, someone that they can go to for help is because that person is good at communicating. The best friend is someone who will listen to what you have to say, your struggles, uh, your concerns, and your friend will often give you advice to help you out. And a good friend, the Bible says, uh, someone who's faithful sticks closer than a brother. That's what you want your spouse to be, but how can your spouse be your best friend if your spouse isn't someone that you see the need to maintain a healthy communicative relationship with? So I'm thinking maybe you could clarify for us what you mean by communication, because it's not just, okay, now we're one flesh, we can just say, good morning, good night, or hey, how did your day go? (laughs) And that's it. I'm thinking communication is deeper than that. Yes, and uh, definitely it's not a hello and goodbye, (laughs) and it's not, how did your day go? Fine, (laughs) Mm -hmm. or maybe not so well. Oh, okay, hope tomorrow's better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the communication, yes, as you said, should be deeper. Husband and wife should know how each other's day went with a a sufficient detail that there's uniting of the minds, there's information, you're getting to know each other experientially. And what we've put together are some guidelines for good communication, because ultimately this will end up going toward conflict resolution. And so we have four guidelines for good communication. And the first one that we have is, number one, agree to be honest. So as you're talking with each other, your words should reflect what you actually mean. Never expect your spouse to read your mind or read between the lines. You don't want to have to force your spouse to have to construct an alternate dictionary just to understand what you mean. Like when you say something, when you use your words to craft a sentence, you should be honest when you talk. You shouldn't say one thing and mean another. (laughs) Mean what you say, say what you mean. And if you make that an intention, make sure both of you know that you're intending to be honest. You might have to verbalize that. And when you say, let's agree to be honest with each other, be honest about that (laughs) too. And so, you know, just right from the star. And if you're a married couple and there's a kind of a passive aggressiveness or some kind of a, a hidden meaning behind your words, just agree. Just it's time maybe to apologize to your spouse if you've been making communication difficult because you expect them to know something beyond your words. Just I would advise, you know, to apologize, to talk about this topic, the importance of communication to a healthy marriage, and just verbally tell each other, I agree from here on in our marriage, we will be honest with each other. We will say what we mean and mean what we say. And I think that will go far in making sure that your marriage maintains healthy communication. (laughs) Honesty. If you don't have honesty in marriage and communication, that is a serious recipe for disaster. Yeah, I like that you pointed out just how important it is to agree to be honest in communicating. And I think that being honest with each other is a huge level of trust. And especially in the early years of marriage, I think that can be harder because you don't really know this person that well. So sometimes it can be a little bit scary even. Mm. Do I trust this person to tell them what's going on or how I feel or 
I think that's a huge challenge in those early years while you're trying to work through that trust that, okay, no matter what I say or what I do, that person's still going to love me and still going to be by my side. But I also think that helping gain that trust comes with how we respond to how that person's being honest. So if that person's being honest, then we can't respond with a negative comment or a sarcastic comment or even the silent treatment. We need to be aware of how we respond because that's how we keep building trust. Yes, being honest, like speaking, but also how the person responds and then you just keep building like that. Yes, definitely, sweetheart. Now, when I'm talking about being honest, that doesn't mean you have to be like stoic and <laughs> and you can't tell jokes or anything like that's not what I'm talking about, obviously, you know, but it should be obvious when you're telling a joke and obvious when you're serious. And if you're serious, you want to make sure that you're communicating, which means that there's a transmission of information. What you mean by your words as you project them towards your spouse, you're intending that those words themselves carry the information such that your spouse should have the same understanding that you do when you emitted those words. <laughs> Sounds like a, a scientific technical thing, but you know, the, what I'm saying is that words should carry what you mean, not the opposite of what you mean, not significantly less than what you mean. <laughs> So I think that that's a great point, but also thinking of that book, Cracking the Communication Code, oh, yes. and how women actually kind of talk, and so they speak and they hear differently than how men speak and hear, so they call it like the pink <laughs> phone <laughs> and the pink communication and the blue communication <laughs> Very stereotypical nowadays, I guess. <laughs> but it's just trying to demonstrate how if I'm telling you something, it's coming from my woman perspective. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you listening, you're listening with your man perspective. So sometimes there can be like, even though we're being honest, there can still be a disconnect or a oh, static sure. between <laughs> that line of communication. So I think it's important not to always assume that we understand what our partner is saying either, mm. but also that's where that good active listening skill of giving feedback comes in. Mm. So that way you can make sure you're on the same wavelength yes. there. <laughs> so it's like, okay, if you didn't use enough words or need clarification, ask for clarification and Perhaps more words will clarify what you mean, but ultimately, if there's a misunderstanding, clarification should help. Asking questions, getting answers, and sometimes that will help with, oh, so that's what you meant. You know, there was no intention of dishonesty. People can sometimes say something, and English is a strange language, and some words can carry different meanings <laughs> depending on the context. And yeah, so if you commit to honesty, some things can be misunderstood, but then you, if there's misunderstandings and follow up words to help understand a misunderstanding, then yes, that's part of communication <laughs> too. <laughs> I'll tell a funny story. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is, and the, yes, uh, and this one is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Our story of me speaking pink and you hearing blue. <laughs> I just remember one night we were talking and. This was a date night. <laughs> I think. So. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. The two of us were on a date. <laughs> oh. For some reason, I was thinking we were in bed or something. Okay. Uh, I think we were at a restaurant. <laughs> oh. That comes later. Okay. Okay. Here we are communicating yes. and clarifying, for example. Well, you have a good memory, so it takes me a while to... Okay, so, yes, we were talking, and I asked you, what are your favorite types of cards? Oh, yes. And you responded, well, I like just plain cards. <laughs> and I was quite confused. I'm like, what do you mean by plain cards? And you're like, you know, just plain like i forget if you even said like ace diamonds like spades <laughs> and i'm like oh no i i'm talking about 
Hallmark cards? Like, do you like humorous, funny cards, or do you like romantic cards with lots of words in it? <laughs> yeah, some people for occasions like birthday or whatever, you know, some family or friends we might have where we get cards, or some like the really humorous ones, and then other ones like gentle, loving ones with Bible verses in them and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> so yes, we are like. Oh, goodness, we were on a different wavelength with that one. And so then on our date night, I got you a gift of a deck of playing cards. Yeah. So with a nice uh, note attached here, too. And so, yeah, so when without knowing the context of what you're asking, when you ask, like, what kind of cards do you like, I'm thinking, of, okay, you wanting to play some games? Like, I'm thinking of a bicycle deck of cards. And... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, trying to figure out, you know, okay, playing cards, what does it mean? Like vanilla or chocolate? Or <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but we, the point is, as we communicated about this and figured out where there was uh, a misunderstanding by the word card, we did clarify that because we were both being honest. We just didn't understand what they meant but communication helped instead of like <laughs> oh you i think you mean this so just i'm just gonna carry that away with me no we 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 communicated we resolved the misunderstanding <laughs> with our honesty <laughs> and a deck of cards and a deck of cards and <laughs> <laughs> so yeah can we play um bridge or rummy with a bunch of hallmark cards <laughs> <laughs> or send send someone you know stick a, a an ace of spades in an envelope and will that cheer someone up <laughs> oh, no. uh, and i think that you and i both know of people that where the honesty factor can really hinder their marriage relationship in an example like okay if the wife says oh you don't have to get me anything for mother's day mm. okay what the wife is communicating is you don't really have to get me anything but i would really like it if you did and <laughs> i just want you to guess and try and surprise me yeah but that's not being honest with our spouse because he's hearing that we don't want anything for Mother's Day mm -hmm. and he's going to go with that. So, ladies, if we communicate that way to our husband, then we're going to be disappointed when we don't have a gift on Mother's Day. And that is, I think, actually... It can introduce a conflict or, you know... Um, well, I think it's unkind is what I'm trying oh, to think yes. of. <laughs> That it's unkind to your spouse to try and put them in a spot where you're first saying, I don't want this. And if you're really meaning that you do want it, oh, yes. and he all he understands is that you don't want something, and then he's all of a sudden in hot water because you wanted him to hmm. read your mind and guess that you actually did want something. So it just creates confusion and chaos and conflict. And we actually caused that. So we need to be very careful on how we communicate and be honest with our spouse. And if you honestly don't want something for Mother's Day, then say that and mean it. And don't throw him under the bus when you yeah. don't have anything for Mother's Day because that is what you told him. Yes, exactly. And so it's like, if you say you don't want something for Mother's Day, and, and then he takes you at your word and doesn't get you anything, and then you're upset because he didn't show love, it's like, okay, yeah, that's bad. Or he does somehow get you something, like, oh yeah, I expect him to get something, but what you meant was surprise me, and if he does surprise you and it's something you don't like, how can you hold that against him? You know, it's like, yeah, expecting your spouse to have to read your mind, you know, you really have to know each other pretty well to be able to read your mind. But honesty is the best way to get to know each other rather than, you know, as you said, putting your spouse uncomfortably or unavoidably in hot water. Yeah, exactly. I have a, a verse from the Bible for this. Uh, James 5.12 
where the Apostle James says, basically repeating what Jesus said to his disciples. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. So I think that's pretty good advice for a healthy marriage. Don't make promises you can't keep. Make sure that when you say yes, you mean yes. Your no means no. Your words carry the meaning of the words as much as you're able to communicate, lest you fall into condemnation. I think a lot of marriages fall into condemnation when the couples don't agree to let their yay be yay and their nay be nay. So, that was guideline number one for good communication. Agree to be honest with each other. And number two guideline is make time to talk. Just about anything, just talking with each other is healthy. (laughs) As long as it's trying to be positive or productive or even uplifting, helpful, just talk about your day. You know, say, in our case, I go to work and you're a stay-at-home mom, sweetheart, so we have stuff to talk about. Or even if both spouses work, they have different jobs they go to and they come back in the evening, they have stuff to talk about. Just talk about your day and the concerns you have. And I know we joked about a last episode, I believe, where how was your day? fine you know there's more to your day than whether it was fine or whether it was not so good or whatever i know and you mentioned sweetheart wives in general women in general like to talk about details and husbands take a cue on that Share the details. It might be a little hard if you're just thinking in terms of a one-word description of your day, but use the brain God gave you to recall some events that happened throughout your day. You know, what happened? She wants to know what happened, so tell her what happened. Because for a lot of women, what happened is how you determine how she knows just how fine or stressful or whatever your day is. And that's something that's really already available to carry on good communication. You know, just chatting about your day is a good part of maintaining healthy communication with each other. And you get to know each other every day that way. And also, I think that when we make that time, and I know sometimes that's hard because you get so busy, and especially having kids, that can be challenging. But when you purpose to make that time to talk to your spouse, even if it's a few minutes or it seems like there wasn't a whole lot that went on, I don't know if I should call it a habit or not, but just that ability to keep talking helps you lay that groundwork for when conflict or something bigger does come up because you've established again that level of trust because you are in good communication you have been doing this so it's comfortable it's something that you feel like now I can bring up something that may be a little bit more difficult to talk about but we've already laid that groundwork with each other Yes, uh, good points there, sweetheart. And as parents of four kids, admittedly, sometimes it's hard to find times to communicate when we're both busy trying to deal with dinner for kids or clean up messes or whatever. But that's something we intend as much as we can to communicate. At some point, we're going to talk about our day, even if it's not right when I walk in the door after work. We intend to do that. Sometimes we'll find a way to distract the kids and escape for five minutes and talk about our day and then maybe we might resume it a little bit once the kids are in bed or if we don't aren't able to get much communication done until the kids are in bed well when the kids are in bed that's when we can talk about things you know share our hearts and i believe that just finding time to talk it really helps us in our marriage because i want to know your struggles and how i can help and i know likewise you want to know my struggles and you write me little notes in the morning uh, that I get to open up right when I get to grab the breakfast that you pack me for my lunchbox 
And that's another part of healthy communication. You write me these encouraging little notes each day that you put in my lunchbox, and that really helps my day. And, you know, thank you for doing that, sweetheart. (laughs) course. <laughs> and yeah, I think along those lines too that I really enjoy um you send me a text like in oh, the nice. early afternoon and just to check in and see how my day was going and kind of describing what you've been working on at work and mm. I think that just that communication even when we aren't in the same room Mm, or you know you're at work and stuff that just helps us kind of stay in tune with each other and like I personally like to know what project are you working on so I can pray more specifically for you or Mm. you know is it something stressful or did you get something done and I can praise you for it and (laughs) okay so praising your partner too so I think that not only communicating struggles that you might have also communicating the accomplishments or the joys and just trying to be an encouragement to your spouse and trying to remember different things like your blessings, trying to think through what you're thankful for and seeing God's hand at work in your marriage and your family. I think that helps you maintain a good perspective. Yes, sweetheart. And you brought up another good point about this because we mentioned finding time to talk about how your day was. And so stepping up to the next level (laughs) beyond that is, you know, just finding a little minute here and there, you know, to send a text. Thank God for the technology that we have where we can take 30 seconds or so and write a text. That really helps and goes a long way too. So even in the middle of the day or on your lunch break, husbands, if you're going to work, if you're the breadwinners, regardless of how your work situation is or if you both work or one work, your work day is not just time away from your family. Be thinking about your family, not to distract you from your work, of course, but I can mention to my wife the night before in the morning that okay I got this tough project I gotta work on it might be a long day or so I'm working on it but if I get a little break I can let her know my progress on if I made any breakthroughs so if she's carrying the burden (laughs) of the fact that I might have a stressful day it helps her out if I let her know that in the morning I made some good progress just that little token of communication midway through the day or sometimes where you might feel stressed and we make a short little phone call you know (laughs) and to hear each other's voice if, if you could do that at work, things like that go a long way toward maintaining a healthy marriage and good communication. Because communication, as I said, make time to talk. When you're face-to-face together and you're not dealing with work at the moment, you should spend some good quality time together. But then even as you're separated, little tidbits of communication mean a lot. They communicate a lot. (laughs) So that was communication guideline number two, make time to talk. And now let's move on to... Did you want to share the Bible verse? Oh, yes. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you for communicating that to me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I have a verse here and I totally overlooked it. So a verse for make time to talk is 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. And so, yeah, as the two of you, the more you as husband and wife talk with each other and the more communication there is and the more frequency there is to communication, it's going to help you speak the same thing, not be divided, but be completely joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. The less communication you do with your spouse, the more you're both thinking things and hiding things in your hearts that once they do come out in communication, there might be a lot more conflict than if you had talked about things earlier. 
And so please make time to talk. That will definitely help in communication and be healthy for your marriage. Are you just watching? You grab the popcorn, plant the family on the couch, and flip on the TV. But have you left your worldview behind? Media comes in all forms, and all of it contains some level of indoctrination. Are You Just Watching? The Entertained Christian's Handbook to Consuming Media with Purpose is a guided journal with worldview-shaping info and lots of guided note pages to help you watch and discuss anything you put before your family's eyes. Purchase it now on Amazon.com. And don't just watch. And now, number three guideline for good communication is to be wary of the tone of your voice and body language. Now, this kind of goes along with being honest with your words. Now, if you're talking and you do mean what you say, but the tone of your voice doesn't match your words. For instance, if I were to tell you, sweetheart, I love you. That means something very different from, yeah, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That second thing with using the same words, and even if I allegedly meant it that time, um, to say it with kind of a grumpy, dismissive tone of voice doesn't really communicate it (laughs) very well. So the tone of your voice should match your words to complete the honesty thereof. So the tone of your voice and the body language that you use, the gestures, are just as important in communication as the words that you use. They should complement, not contradict. So, sweetheart, I looked at, I was reading uh, with some research for this episode. I saw an article called Eight Ways to Improve Communication in Your Marriage from FamiliesWithGrace.com. And here's a little statement that I thought was pretty good for this point. It says, quote, being passive aggressive or sarcastic aren't great for communicating well, unquote. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, the tone of your voice, if it doesn't match because you're being passive aggressive, even if you're being honest with your words, <laughs> communicating with a different tone that doesn't match your words through being passive aggressive is definitely not a good way to communicate. And I think that as women we tend to struggle a lot with the passive aggressiveness because Um, I think it's harder for us to engage in what could be potential conflicts not saying that all women are like this of course and men can struggle with it too but it just seems that there might be more tendency in women to do this for example like okay you get frustrated with your husband because he didn't take the trash out So you're going to go and stump over to the trash can and pull it out and huffly bring it out to the dumpster and toss it. And then you come back in. You didn't say anything, but your actions were showing Mm. this passive aggressive behavior to where you're demonstrating that you're angry and you're frustrated with him. And you're not even telling him why or what was expected of him either. So that can be a huge problem if we have these unrealistic expectations of our spouse and then they don't meet it, but they don't even know what the expectation is. And we're getting mad at them because they're not meeting it. And I think that also requires good communication on our part instead of getting angry and basically throwing a fit about the trash just say honey can you please take the trash can out (laughs) (laughs) just being kind and asking him directly and i remember kind of struggling with this when we were first married just kind of trying to figure out okay am i being nagging when i ask you things and i remember you telling me like no a lot of times i don't think about it so if you tell me i am totally willing to do this but i just need you to tell me so i'm aware of what needs to be done. And I think now that we've been married longer, it seems like you're probably more aware of certain things too. Oh, yes. (laughs) But it was just nice to kind of, I mean, just even communicating that part of figuring out, okay, what do you find nagging or not? Like what's helpful and what are our expectations of each other? 
and how we communicate, how we do just chores around the house or things like that. <laughs> oh, yes. And yeah, so it's like maybe earlier on, I might just not have been aware of or not see the need of things that need to be done. But of course, as communication honestly there and over time I can acclimate to oh yeah I know that this needs to be done because we talked about it. instead of holding reservations like why is it that he never does this you know well tell him you know thank you for telling me sweetheart and then I do it and get used to doing it and yes <laughs> And I mean, my point being with that, that I think most people, when you ask them or you talk about it, that there is that willingness or that desire to help each other out. Like Mm -hmm. we want to be there for each other. And so I think that just talking about it and understanding what the need is and how you both feel comfortable meeting that need, that prevents a lot of conflict and disgruntle. Yeah. So what would be a good example of passive aggressive? Would it be, say, for instance, if I were forgetting to take the trash out and then maybe you ask the question, you know, do you like a dirty, smelly house? (laughs) 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 Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I mean, passive aggressive can be either words or it can be actions. So my first Mm -hmm. example is more actions. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. We weren't, you know, my fictitious woman. (laughs) I were talking hypothetical (laughs) here because I I would never (laughs) be the kind of husband in your example. (laughs) Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) Thanks. But I don't know. I remember at times getting frustrated about something and I'm like, oh, let me just do it. And then I think about I'm like, wait, why am I frustrated? I didn't even ask you to do something or say like this needs to be done. So I think that that just has to be really on our minds, especially as women like that. We need to think about we need to just talk about it because once they are aware, then they love being our heroes, our protectors. Men are designed for that. So I think, Hmm. you know, anytime you ask them to take out the trash, then they're going to be showing off their muscles or, (laughs) you know, they like to feel needed. So I think that, yes, just communicating that with each other, that avoids it. And then, yeah, so words for passive aggressive would, like you said, just saying something more sarcastic or kind of like (laughs) or if we're talking about body language like while i'm talking sweet and gently let me just keep eyeballing looking toward the trash can hey are you noticing me looking there (laughs) (laughs) wow that trash is getting really full um is someone going to do something about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that's a good example for this (laughs) guideline here. So Bible verse for being wary of tone of voice and body language. Now, I couldn't find a verse that talked about tone of voice or body language specifically, but I think this verse kind of covers it indirectly. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And so making sure that your speech is accompanied by grace, not a tone of voice that would conflict. If you're speaking positively, make sure the tone of your voice honestly matches your words there with grace and that it's seasoned with salt and not passive aggressiveness. So I think this verse covers that sufficiently. I actually found a verse too. Oh, good job. You <laughs> might you might have a better verse than I did, huh? <laughs> uh, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, there's so much in Proverbs and Colossians that I think it's a huge benefit for anyone who's married, anyone who has kids to really go through the book of Proverbs frequently. So Proverbs 16 verse 24, it says, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. I just thought that sounded really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a definitely a good one there, sweetheart. Pleasant words. So pleasant would, I think, include words pleasantly delivered. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
And so that's guideline number three for good communication. So number one was agree to be honest. Number two, make time to talk. Number three, be aware of tone of voice and body language. And finally, number four, be an active listener. So part of communication, extroverts (laughs) talking to you. So uh, it doesn't matter whether you're extrovert or introvert, but part of communication, a very important part is actually not the words that you say, but the words that you listen to. So being an active listener, if you're talking over each other so that you're not really getting communication there, just saying words that go in one ear and out the other, over the other one's head, not spoken with the intent that the other one hears it yeah make sure that you're actively listening um it takes two to tango and so a communication is not just a monologue it's uh, what's on your heart lay it on me i'm gonna listen carefully and being an active listener would include questions of clarification just to make sure we're on the same page what uh did you mean this and showing by the things that you say as your spouse is talking to show that you're actually hearing and listening to what your spouse is saying you follow up with something that isn't just okay my mind was wandering now i'm gonna switch the topic it's okay Okay, you said that you were working on a project that's difficult. What exactly is that? How, you know, have you tried this or trying to think of a <laughs> a good example there, but as I said, questions of clarification, responses after listening that show that you did listen, that you understood, or if you didn't understand, you want to understand, and so you follow up with something that shows that, yeah, I am paying attention because I think that what you're saying is important. And as husband and wife, we should regard what each other says as important and not that they're just running their mouth off, blowing off steam or whatever. We want, <laughs> we want to listen and listening is very important to good communication and maintaining the bonds of love and relationship. So there's this really funny commercial that I saw recently. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, commercial, you know, it's funny. Something that I, I'll make fun of myself about that I, I remember a lot of commercials from when I was a kid in the 1980s and 90s, which I, you know, I know talking about that can sometimes you know annoy people but okay never mind that's that's just an aside about me that i i lo- i remember lots of commercials but okay and so many details of them too it's amazing okay. um so yes there's a commercial recently that i saw that had to do with miscommunication and uh-huh. this lady was on the phone and she was supposed to go to like a dinner party it looked like and it was for a cell phone service. They were advertising, like, having good cell service. But the cell phone kept breaking up. And so she thought that what she was supposed to wear to the dinner party was a costume because everything else kept getting cut out. So <laughs> she showed up to a dinner party where everyone was, like, dressed up nice and looked formal. And she was in this kind of crazy-looking costume. So, <laughs> yes, just interesting. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, and I was thinking too that we didn't talk too much about this, but, um, kind of the opposite of being an active listener would be like not giving the silent treatment. Mm. And I think that kind of goes along with the passive aggressiveness too. But if you're like, oh, he never listens, I'm just not going to say anything. Mm. Then that's not good communication. And that's not helping either of you with what the issue is. So I think that even if you don't feel like talking just at that time, just say, hey, no, we really need to talk about this. I'm just not sure if this is the right time. Can we talk about it later? Oh, yes. And just like communicating with them that Mm -hmm. maybe you aren't at a good spot to talk or maybe they're not at a good spot to listen 
maybe they have to get an important email out or something and just kind of being open, honest, and showing grace to each other in those times so you aren't hurting each other or hurting your marriage, but you're actually telling each other what's going on so you kind of understand, you know what the expectations are. Oh, yes, definitely, sweetheart. So kind of something that's not in our points but goes along with that is that the need to be an active listener requires an environment that's suitable for active listening. And part of good communication is knowing when you can have good communication. So if the environment, if the timing is just not right, really to have a fruitful conversation, then... You should be able to communicate that to each other that maybe we need to talk about this tomorrow when there are fewer distractions or we need to have a clear head. You know, maybe you're both super worn out from a stressful day. And if you're going to try to plan something or resolve something, you need a clear head. <laughs> you know, the part of communication is to let each other know and agree about that. And I think that would kind of lead into conflict resolution. So I have one more point here to okay. bring up, sweetie. Um, I was thinking that understanding each other's temperaments mm. is huge in communication. And also, so like three things, mm. understanding our temperaments, understanding our needs, like the book, His Needs, Her Needs, oh, yes. and understanding our love languages. Oh. So there's the five love languages. <laughs> I think those are great tools to help you get a little more insight of who you are, like your person and your personality and who your spouse is. For example, introverts are going to have a harder time communicating on a deep level because introverts really have to have that trust factor to communicate. Whereas extroverts, that comes a lot more naturally for them. And even just the whole idea of how men's brains work differently than women's brains. Mm. And I love that video series we watched recently. We'll have to find that information to do a link on your cast. Oh, yeah. Remember the one we saw on YouTube? And he has that funny part oh. about talking about the men's brains, how they're oh, yes. always thinking boxes. <laughs> yeah, men, you know, men thinking boxes and women's brains are like uh, wires or spaghetti or forget something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to look that up and put a link to that in the show notes. Because <laughs> that, for me, that was a huge insight to yes. how you think. And because yeah. a lot of times I felt like there was something stressful or you were upset or something because you just sat there quietly Mm. and I'm like you know what's the matter and you're like nothing (laughs) and so I'm thinking okay is it really nothing does he not feel comfortable saying what's really going on you know what's yeah what is going on here (laughs) and then like understanding from that lecture this general I think he's a pastor lecture this pastor gave that there's actually a box that men go to and it's the nothing box where men actually have to be in that box for a little bit to kind of it's a way of letting their mind down or kind of giving their brain a rest and that that is when they say there's nothing wrong with them that there really isn't anything wrong with them or they don't they're not thinking of anything at that moment and that's okay. So that just really gave me some good insight about how you were thinking and how I should respond and stuff. So I I think there's so many good tools out there that you can use to just help understand yourself, help you understand your spouse and how you can connect and communicate better based on those things. So we'll put those resources on your show notes for people that are interested. Yeah. So I found that his name is Mark Gungor and he talks about men's brains and women's brains <laughs> a tale of two brains uh, you know he talks about the nothing box or men compartmentalize often they have all these kind of life experiences that often they want to compartmentalize you know work uh family family leisure and stuff all these need to be separated from each other (laughs) and like obviously this is like somewhat of a stereotype you know it's a generalization some people are different but kind of a generalized understanding of often proportionally more men might think in boxes and women will have a a brain that's more like a mesh of wire where (laughs) 
he said everything's related to everything and so on <laughs> so that's a good insight for men that yes even if us women seem like we are jumping from one subject to the other somehow in our brain there is a connection <laughs> it just went down a long windy road <laughs> yeah and if anything for entertainment purposes because mark gungor in this lecture talking about men's brains or women's brains he's quite the comedian it's pretty funny to watch so <laughs> yeah i was gonna say there is a book called men are like waffles women are like spaghetti oh yeah that is out there but I mean, I kind of read a little bit through it. I didn't read it in its entirety, but I felt like the video series was a lot more helpful. So (laughs) just a plug in for that. Yeah. Good thoughts about communication there, even from often distinctiveness of men and women, how to listen, even recognizing personalities as you get to know each other through active communication and listening. Then you get to know how each other thinks more and <laughs> and so yes, the definitely good points there. Put the Mark Gungor uh, link there in the show notes. So I have a verse for being an attentive listener. That's Proverbs two two. It says, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. So there's a lot in the Proverbs about listening, inclining your ear. And I think this verse sums it up well for being an attentive listener. You can't be a wise person. You can't attain wisdom unless you incline your ear and be an attentive listener. If you're listening, you will apply your heart to understanding and who else more important to do that with than your spouse within the bonds of marriage? And so maintaining a healthy marriage requires communication with honesty, finding time to talk, making sure your tone of voice and body language match your words and being attentive listeners for each other. And as I said, with the statistic, the number one reason for marriage problems or even marriages ending in divorce, unfortunately, is a lack of communication or problems with communication. Oh yeah, and I almost forgot. You can now donate to help us out here at Truth Espresso. If you are enjoying these episodes, just give us a shot of support. You can go to www.truthespresso.com forward slash donate. And that will take you to a cool looking page where you can choose how much you'd like to give. And we're going to have some goodies there in the future. I think you'll find something there that might be of interest that you can actually purchase. Now, this isn't our book yet. This isn't When the Watchtower Knocks. That's set to be released on the 17th of July. But you can purchase a little ebook that I wrote about a year ago for just a buck or whatever you would like to donate, but just go to www.truthspresso.com forward slash donate if you'd like to give us a little shot of support and help keep us recording episodes for the glory of God. And so we hope that this episode will help you, those of you who are married or even those of you who are considering marriage, to be prepared. And your marriage will be much more blessed as you seek to get to know each other and communicate. That is very much the key for a healthy marriage and a healthy relationship. And so keep tuning in for the next episode as we continue this idea as with communication as we get into specifics related to conflict resolution. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 